And good morning and welcome to a certain degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Teen Men with Adventure Kids, which is a lot of reference to children, I guess. Uh, my name is Nick. This is, as I mentioned, to a certain degree. We do this every week from 7 to 9. I do this every week. I have a special guest every week as well. And my special guest this week is Joe Taylor. Joe. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, get right up on that microphone. It likes you. You like it. Let's try that again. Hey, good morning. We're friends now. Is that better? Yeah, you look good. No, thanks. I mean, as far as your levels go. You look good. <laughs> Let me describe Joe to you. He's like a, um, uh, he's about six foot eight. Uh, he is built like a brick house. He's Out a brick house. Gone with Greek God, but that works too. I'm the Greek God here. Oh, uh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romans? Well, Get that. Yeah, you can be Roman. Okay. I think we might be at odds because that's a, that's a thing. But, yeah. <laughs> no, he's a good-looking young man. Is that weird to say on I'm, the air? I'm flattered, okay, honestly. Good. Very good. So, Joe, we're going to get to know you. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today, a lot of stuff to unpack from this weekend. Uh, we I didn't even write anything down about sports, but there was a lot of stuff that went on, <sighs> not only professionally <laughs> with your team and my team, and I want to talk a little bit about that. But also this crazy thing with UCF and UConn, uh, which I know you're you're from that area. You went to UCF as I did. We're both alums. I did. So yep. we're going to get to that a little bit later because <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. But we do what we do always at the beginning of the show to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we play a little game. Uh, it is, you know, the basic version of this game is just 20 questions. So I ask you, you're up or you're down on something. You're for it or against it. But I try to complicate it by giving you two sort of arbitrary things to actually rate things on. So one is positive, one is negative, and I'll try to justify why one is positive and one is negative. Now, I want to I wanna just point out real quick that my original one for this week, so like, uh, you know, it'll be like instead of wine and dine, it'll be wine or dine. Okay. My original one for this week was blood, sweat, or tears. <laughs> and what I didn't realize was that's actually three separate things. So for a while, I've been always saying, so you mean blood, blood, sweat isn't a thing, blood, comma, sweat, comma, and tears, or, you know, the second comma, you don't have to use. It just depends on you uh, because blood, sweat. Yeah. I thought it was blood, sweat. I thought that was a thing. Like I'm putting my sweat, blood, blood, sweat right. into this and also my tears. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. We're going to do something different. That was a lot of detail a long way to go to explain why we're not doing something. Uh, the actual name of the game this week is the dog or pony show. So if you like something, you're into something, say dog show. Okay. Those little shoe eaters running around and getting poked and prodded and doing their little dances. I could watch that all day. I'll be honest with you. I have, I could watch the behind the scenes all day too. All of it, the dog show channel. Let's get on that. It might be a bad business idea. We're going to present <laughs> in the next hour. Uh, they have to be, there has to be dog shows like 24 seven, right? Like I imagine they're just going on all the time cause they've got to be that popular. I don't know. I've, I've never seen a dog show, honestly. The Westminster Kennel Club? I remember as a kid, they used to come on a, uh, was it the USA network? They used to come on maybe once a year. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's on, I, I never watched it. It would come on before Monday night raw. And so you would see a little bit of it or it would be preempted by the dog show because apparently that was. It was more big, popular right. than So, you wrestling. know, when it is uh, for next year, it's on Valentine's Day, because you Oof. know why? Dog shows, bigger than love. Yeah. Okay. Dogs are love. They are. Joe. <laughs> Joe. Now, ponies, or should I say future glue, uh, no. Who would watch a pony show? 
what do you even do in a pony show? Why would you watch a pony show? When? How? And the what is already answered. It's a pony show. Uh, and humans judging ponies? That's crazy. How can humans judge ponies? If history's taught us anything, only ponies can judge ponies, <laughs> as we all know. A good so point. when you disagree with something, say pony show. So dog show, yes. Pony show, it might leave, you might get sick to your stomach having to say pony show because they're such disgusting animals. So if I'm understanding correctly, dogs equal good, ponies Dog. equal Hang on. bad. I, I'm not saying that. Okay. Dog shows are good. Okay. Pony shows are bad. Got it. Okay. All right. Ready? That's a long <laughs> intro. All right. Let's start out with pool baths. I'm going to go with dog show on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I got something to do. I just mow the yard. I'm going to jump in the pool. Jump and... in. Smell like chlorine all day. Yeah. Because it's, like it's a... better than smelling like, you know. It has no more chemicals in the soap that you use, probably. So more than likely. Yeah. You're onto something there. Chlorine scented soap. For the pool bath enthusiast. It's another good business idea. I'm probably. writing this down. Chlorine. <laughs> okay, that's not, that doesn't make for good radio. How about Generation X? Are you Generation X or are you Millennial? I am a Millennial. So, yeah. so I. So made... how do you feel about the past generation? Me, myself, and, you know, others like me. They're okay. Yeah. They're okay for the most part. So dog show on them? Dog show. A dog show coming at you, Generation X. Nice job. Uh, so this came up, uh, it's still in the news a little bit with the iPhone. How about headphone jacks? How do you feel about headphone jacks? Uh, is there an in-between? I'm somewhat ambivalent about headphone jacks. I, I personally don't use them very often anymore. I've kind of yeah. moved over to the Bluetooth you side. Bluetooth all the time? Right. I don't have an iPhone 7 yet, but I, I use the Bluetooth function on as it is right now on the iPhone 6, so... Okay. I, I could go either way. Honestly. And you don't have, you haven't invested heavily. Like this, this was the big thing. Oh my gosh. Oh, what about all my headphones that I invested? Because they're so like, expensive, right? I'm not sure that you should be <laughs> investing in headphones. There's other stuff you could be buying like dog show stock. I'm, I'm all for progress. Less cords. Okay. So your pony show on headphone jacks. Pony show. Yeah. So let's just go, let's feel strongly about okay. something. There's no, no, no in between. Just like, one what, or the a other. cat show? <laughs> what is, you're insane. Uh, how about liberal arts colleges? So we're at Rollins College. How do you feel about the uh, liberal arts side of things? Dog show, definitely. I yeah. think that they're important. I think that, I mean, that's what college is, right? It's discovering yourself and <clears throat> trying different things out. And I think that's what a liberal arts college embodies is trying different things and getting a lot of a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah, so all... you're not all hung up on the word liberal? No, okay, not good. at all. <laughs> what about college in general? I think that college has a place. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that education is important. So I think that definitely dog show on college. Um, I think it's in certain formats better for some than others. Meaning I don't think everyone is necessarily suited for a four-year education. I think that some people are oh, absolutely say, more talented yeah. with their hands and they should be doing other things. However, I think that education has a place and I think that it should be encouraged. And I think that the world would be a very scary place without college. All right, we're going to come back to that. we got a lot of parenting stuff. You're a parent. Right. I'm a parent. And I don't just mean that in the sense that we're both visible. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we actually have kids. Uh, this is true. So, yeah. So, okay. So, but we got this, uh, we still got a lot of questions to get through. Comic book movies. Ooh. I, I love comic books. Yep. I'm probably more pony show in comic book movies. Yeah, so is it just too much, or is it that they deviate it so is. much from so, the source material? Right. And, and No, I'm not I'm not a comic book snob. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's nothing like the actual comic book. Right. But at the same time, I, I feel as if the movies are sometimes over the top, 
they're not very good movies. Um, they're entertaining, you know. It's bring, all spectacle. Right. I'll bring my kid to watch it in a movie theater. Yeah. Except Deadpool. That's probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. Although you saw a lot <laughs> of kids in that movie. What were they thinking? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of comic book movies. And I love movies, but those are not my favorite. So I'm going to have to go dog show or sorry, pony show on that one. Pony show on comic movies. Okay. Uh, how about reviewing resumes? Mm. Uh, pony show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care for them. I'd like to, there's been a couple of bad business ideas where we try to find another way to do resumes. And I went with the glamour shots uh, sort of idea is that rather than say, okay, here's what I did at this organization is you set up literally an entire photo structured scene, take the shot. And that should sum up everything that you did there. So no words, just pictures. No words. No. Why are we using words? It's 2016. Right. There's as far as I know, nothing superficial about just looking at a photo of someone and judging them based on their appearance. That's completely okay. Okay, so you may have found a <laughs> hole in that logic. So, but in general, though, reviewing resumes is not a fun uh, experience for the most part. Not a fan. No, not a fan. Uh, okay, how about this one? This is new. They just released this up in, or they just tried this up in Pittsburgh, and I don't know what the outcome was, so I uh, haven't done much research on it, but I was fascinated by driverless Uber. Have you Ubered? I have Ubered, and not not a ton. I have Ubered. It's fun. Um, I've had good experiences for the most part, and I mean, honestly, the driver isn't really a large part of the experience. Usually, I don't. there's not a ton of conversation, so I guess it wouldn't make that much different if it were driverless. So you trust the technology probably won't kill you? Well, I mean, it could kill you. There's that guy here in Florida a couple months ago that yep. was in a driverless car and was in an accident. Yep. And, yeah. Autopilot was on. and He's watching a movie, apparently. Well, he was either that or he was asleep. Um, but the, the gist of it was that it was the car's fault, you know, right. for lack of a better term. <clears throat> so it couldn't discern between the empty sky and the side of a truck, which was, they were both white at the time. It was like dawn or evening, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, they did, the algorithm wasn't good enough yet. I don't think that I personally will drive in a car, or sorry, be a passenger in an Uber or a driverless Uber anytime soon. But I, I mean, give it a few more years and more success and less fatalities. And I think that eventually I'd be okay with it. As long as you're not getting on the highway, I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm less concerned about the Uber vehicle itself and the driverless functionality and more about other people. Other road, people, yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so just like any other time driving. Uh, absolutely. All right, how do you feel about jerky? I'm going to say dog show. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to say dog show, but not all jerky is created equally. That's true. There's bad jerky. There, The type that you buy from a store. There's some the jerky out jerky is. out there. Right. Yeah. But then I have a buddy who uh, he makes his own jerky. Yeah. And it's absolutely delicious. And like, so whenever we go hiking, he makes a massive batch of dried fruit and jerky and they're delicious. Does he make it in the same thing? So the fruit tastes like jerky and then jerky tastes like fruit? They all blend together. Yeah. At at that point, you're just looking for something to keep you energized throughout your your trip. Right. Because you're hiking. You're like, oh, why am I even doing this? Oh, that's right. He'll add flavors to it. He'll do like a buffalo jerky and then like a jerk 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 jerky <laughs> um garlic jerky it, it's really really good yeah however then i'll go or i never tried store-bought jerky prior to that and so then i went and i was like oh, oh so i like jerky so i'm gonna go oh, buy some yeah, from the checkout idea. aisle at target and yeah. it was horrible so yeah i'm a jerky yeah. snob apparently uh you are you are you're a number of different types of snob and we'll get into that <laughs> uh so how about this speaking of being a snob how about reading on a tablet pony show 
100% pony show. Don't like it. Don't like it. Need I've, a book, need the pages. So I want to say I was an early adopter. I had a, uh, what was the, the Amazon Fire. Yep. A few years ago, I got one. And I, I read a few books on it, and I found that I read faster. I got through more books um, and quickly, but I didn't feel as if I retained anything. So, so volume was up, but, you know, quality wasn't there. Right. And so there's something, and I guess this sounds like a snobbish thing to say, but there's something about actually physically holding a book. I'm, I'm a highlighter. And so, like, you probably uh, wouldn't okay. want to borrow any of my books because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. highlighted and underlined and, yeah. and you... All the I, swear words in the margins. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I don't write notes to myself. But yeah, so, and you can't do that on a tablet quite as easily. Um, I'm sure you can highlight and save things. And it's probably more, it's easier probably. But I'm just, I'm very stuck in my ways when it comes to that. Yep. And so I, I'm not a fan of tablets when it comes to reading. Old soul. Old, very old. Old soul. Uh, how about uh, 80s nostalgia? Uh, dog show. Very much so. I love 80s movies, music, pop culture. And I guess that's something typical for someone who actually grew up in the 90s to say. But uh, <laughs> seems to be. Well, because you had all these people around you probably talking about how great the 80s were. Right. Kind of the way that I talk about how great the 90s were. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, my kid will probably be like, oh, and well, kids are doing that now. You know, the 90s is the new 80s where people right. are dressing right. like the 90s and listening right, to the right. music from Saved the 90s. By the bill and, and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, was it that long ago? Yeah. And then it hits you like, wow, I'm old. It, it was <laughs> super long ago. So working yeah. in uh, admissions here at Rollins. You know, you're looking at 18 year olds and you're realizing that, uh, you know, they were born in 98, 99. You're like, oh, uh, I'm going to go lay down now because I'm an old man. Very, very old. Uh, okay. Dog, po dog or pony show? Theme parks. Ooh, pony show. Pony. Pony. Right I, away, I, like no hesitation. Strong pony show. Like the, yeah, I hate, I hate theme parks. Like the biggest pony show you could find. That's yeah, how you, you feel took about it. every pony that was in existence and shoved them into one show. That's how I feel about okay, theme parks. So every pony in existence currently or like all future and Ever, past, past present. Yeah, we're talking. Holy guacamole. That's I, a lot of ponies. I, I'm not a fan of the theme park experience because typically I think it's really hot. There's long lines, everything's super expensive. It's it's not a pleasurable experience. And so I didn't grow up in Florida and we used to come down here on vacation. And even as a kid, I didn't look forward to going to Disney World. I was never a fan of Disney World. I like rides, but I'd rather go to Six Flags, um, you know, locally than come all the way down to Florida to go to, to Disney World or yeah. Universal Studios. I'm just not a big fan of it. I, I don't want to say I'm not patient. I feel like I'm pretty patient. I'm a parent, but um, I don't like waiting in lines at all. Well, I think that, you know... You get to the point where you don't necessarily want to manufacture. Sometimes you do. You want a mm -hmm. manufactured experience. You might stay at a uh, resort mm -hmm. or something along those lines, and that might be the extent to which you want to have a that much control over your vacation. But you want to maybe just explore. You want to get more of an authentic taste of someplace. And that's where I was going to go. I was going to say theme parks feel very they don't feel genuine. They don't feel authentic. They feel yeah. very manufactured. And then if you ever, so I, I worked at a theme park, um, more or less when I was in college, I worked at a restaurant on theme park property. So I got to go backstage a lot of the time. And in doing that, you get to see that everything is literally just a facade, mm -hmm. you know? So you see these buildings and that, and then you go behind, it's just like plain. It's a piece of cardboard. It looks like almost, and there's, there's nothing to it. And so I think maybe seeing it from, you know, a different perspective, all it also kind of jaded me to the right, theme park right. experience. Like, wow, you're paying for this. You're paying a lot of money for this. And it's, I don't get it. So it must be tough being my friend then. Cause I'm all facade. It's a struggle every day. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going <laughs> to ask you how you feel about me as far as pony show goes. Uh, professional wrestling. 
I'm, I'm gonna say dog show on that. I think yeah. that professional wrestling gets a bad rap. Um, it, and I have a kid who is gonna be seven years old soon, and he's getting into professional wrestling. And so it's really fun because you know I'm not a person who watches it uh, daily or weekly, uh, but I enjoy watching it together with him. You know, it's fun to see him get into it. Yeah. And then it kind of reminds me again of being a young kid because that's he's he's around the age right now when I really got into wrestling, when I was into wrestling and monster trucks and, you know, that really, really fun age for a boy. And it's just really cool as a parent to to share that with your son or your child, your daughter may be in it, too. Um, well, and this could be true, too, of uh, video games and things like that. So absolutely, as he's yeah. growing up, you know, what I've been seeing uh, being you know, fully ensconced in the 80s and Atari and Nintendo and everything mm -hmm. else, and especially now that, you know, my 13-year-old son is really into the retro arcade mm -hmm. scene. So playing the old stand-up video games, playing the old consoles. So you don't always need an old console. You can play it on the computer, but mm -hmm. it's still a lot of fun to look back at that and go, oh, yeah, Mario or Duck Hunt or, right. you know, those sorts of things. I, I, I know Until what you get that is. the nostalgia plus the shared experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah always nice. All right, so how do you feel about DIY soda? So these things, you might get it at a Bed Bath & Beyond, and you put the syrup in, and then it carbonates it for you. I don't think I've ever tried them. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in general, though, so regardless of flavor, would you want to make your own soda? I wouldn't. I don't I don't drink soda, Yeah. so I'm going to probably say Pony Show on that one. Okay, so not in general. And then if you're going to get a soda, you don't need to make it. You don't have that kind of time. No, it's too much effort. You, it just, took you, I mean, how long did it take you to book this show? Like practically. Months. I was going to say years. Years. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get you here for <laughs> literally years. All right. How about watching the debates? Oof. I'm going to say pony show. I feel like it's this, it starts out as dog show for people because on this higher level, it's like, oh, I want to be involved in this, you know, the democratic process. And, right. you know, it's really important. And then you start watching and you're like, I'm so done with this. It's depressing. It's, it's tough because, you know, if you have a, a dog in that hunt or a pony in that race, um, you are not going to change your mind. Mm -hmm. You're just going to get angry at the screen. So what's the point of the debate? If, you know, for the most part, people go into the debate with their mind already set and they watch it out of curiosity, I suppose, but you're not going to change your mind no matter what happens during the debate. So what is the purpose of the debate? I think it's you're waiting for the train wreck. You're oh, the waiting train, for... The train wreck happened a long time the ago. The inevitable train wreck. <laughs> or somebody to say something really foolish. Right. I, I watched the first one. And then I made it through most of the first one, I should say. And then decided not to tune in anymore. Yeah. Okay. So pony show on that. Pony show. Coffee. Dog show. Nice. Love coffee. No hesitation. Coffee's great. Have you been drinking coffee like your entire adult life or is it something you came into recently? Uh, I would say, yeah, probably around college is when I started drinking. I didn't drink coffee in high school. I knew some kids who did, but I thought that was kind of weird. They're all very short. I always thought it was weird too because, you know, up north in the summertime, people would drink coffee and I was like, why would you want to drink a hot beverage when it's already hot outside? And then you come to Florida and... I guess that point doesn't really mean anything. No, then you're drinking cold brew. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I really got into it in college um, when you needed to stay up for studying, I suppose, and never really went away from it. I go and, you know, there's ebbs and flows. Like sometimes where I'll drink mm -hmm. coffee every day and then other times where I can go weeks without drinking it. It all depends. Nice. Shampoo and conditioner in one. Speaking of things you can drink. <laughs> May not be safe. Uh, dog show. Yeah. Makes it easier. Why buy two when you can get it in one? 
And so basically this is the, so sometimes I rotate some of these questions out. This is one I'm probably going to get rid of because it's always the same dudes. Absolutely. Can shampoo and conditioner one? Sure. Mm -hmm. The ladies. Nope. There you go. Have to have it separate. Yep. All right. So moving from Connecticut to Florida, how do you feel about flip-flops? So if you asked me that question when I first moved here, I would have said pony show. But I'd say dog show. I don't I don't wear flip-flops a lot. But when I go to the beach, I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wear sneakers on the beach. And no. no one wants sand in their socks. No. Know? So, yeah, I'll say dog show. Why not? All right. Yeah. Well, that was... It's easy. And, but so what type of sand or flip-flops are you talking about? Because there's different types. No, there's flip-flops or flip-flops. Okay. There are no other types of flip-flops. There are sandals, which are completely separate. I'm thinking of sandals. Okay. Flip-flops. Flip-flops. Flip-flops are fine. Beach sandals, not fine. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah, that's why. All right. How about colonizing Mars? Dog show. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to go? One day. Yeah. If they allow me. Go out there to stay or just like vacation? vacationing on Mars sounds fun and not safe at all, but yeah, sure. I'd like to vacation there. By the time we're getting out there, like Elon Musk has all this stuff together uh, and we have enough money to go, uh, you know, it'll probably be relatively safe. Now there's nothing safe about space travel. There's always well, a yeah. chance that you're going to die. Realistically, do you think that's going to occur in our lifetime? Uh, I mean, we'll get people. Lifetime. Yeah, we'll get people. T- <laughs> Since <laughs> you're significantly younger than me, <laughs> we'll get people to Mars. However, will we have a thriving colony on Mars? Well, I mean, we had that documentary uh, with Matt Damon who went. Right, that was a documentary, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, and he made it back safely. So he I guess made it's it back fine. All right, sign me up. I'm going. Eight potatoes, a lot of <laughs> potatoes, so you can make vodka while you're there. I guess science, science is cool. Uh, okay, last one, cobbler. Ooh, I don't like cobbler. That's no. a pony show. No. What about pie? I like pie. Okay, but Sometimes. cobbler is... Well, what kind of pie? Cause when I, so when I think cobbler, I think peach, and I don't like peach. Is there another type of cobbler? There are many types of cobbler. Really? Any, pretty much any fruit. You Open my eyes cobbler. to cobbler. Like, what, yeah. what other cobbler? Well, cherry cobbler is very uh, popular. So what's the difference between cobbler and pie? See, this is why I asked this question, because I think it says something. I haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it says something about the person. So cobbler is basically <laughs> just pie, just more mashed up. Pie so, is very organized. Right. And very easy to understand, whereas cobbler is chaos. Is it like a pureed pie? Almost, yeah. But the the crust is mixed in with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to go get some cobbler and pie right after the show. So it's like someone stuck their hand in a pie and just... Well, I don't know up. why you would immediately go with hand because that I'm imagining just some old out. grandmother in her kitchen just like putting her hand into the pie and just mashing it up and then putting it in a bowl and saying, here's I, some cobbler. Why wouldn't she have a spoon or some other it's, accoutrement? Nah, hands just sounds like it would make it taste better probably because you're really like getting into that. Yeah, I'm a complete germaphobe. You, know. you have turned me off of cobbler forever. Well, I mean, now you know why I don't eat cobbler because that's what I envision <laughs> of cobbler. <laughs> All right, so let's play a song. That was it. Nice job. Thanks. Very nice. So dog or pony show. Remember this for all of your days. That's how we judge things from now on. Did I pass? Sure. Okay. Yeah, it, was it a pass, pass. fail? Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. It's early in the morning. Hey, you know what, though? <laughs> Pop quiz later, hotshot. Okay. Let's do yeah. it. Well, not right now. Okay. Play a song. Later. Okay. Metronomy with love letters on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida.
Hey, we got to know you a little bit at the last break with uh, the 20 questions game, uh, dog or pony show. And so we're going to get to know you a little bit more now. So we've been friends for around 10 years or so. We met in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, 2008. I can't add, so eight years. Okay, eight years yeah, yeah, together, yeah. for you especially. A while. Uh, we worked <laughs> together at a couple of different places, uh-huh. and uh, every time you came over to someplace I worked, I left, and then you hung out for a while, and then went on to something else. So ad <laughs> marketing, especially on the internet side, PR. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about career-wise and some of the things happening within the industry. But one of the things I always find uh, fascinating to talk to people about is sort of you know, parenting. So you're a parent, you're a young father. Right. Uh, and so you have a son that's about to turn seven. My kids just turned 13 and 10 respectively. So I've been thinking about a lot about sort of, you know, their birthdays are here. So you kind of think about more, you know, not necessarily what the future holds for them. Mm -hmm. So, and then that gets depressing. You don't want to think about, okay, so we've got this crazy election. We've got uh, global warming, whether or not you believe that's real and all sorts of other stuff. But then I also think about what my parents thought they were building for me as a future and what I'm doing for my kids. So that's something that I wanted to dig into because that's that's tough for me. You know, coming from my background, I had parents who were immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not even first generation. I was born in Canada and my sister is first generation American. And so their idea of building a future was property. Like that was the thing. You're coming to America. You have to own stuff. Like it wasn't about an idea. It wasn't about money in the bank. It wasn't about anything else. It was to a certain extent about jewelry and antiques. Mm -hmm. But again, it was property, right? Like you had to have these things to be successful. And that was what you were going to leave for the next generation. Right. So what was that for you with uh, the way you were raised? It was different. Um, I would say that for my mom, what was important to her was providing me with a lot of the advantages that she didn't have when she was growing up. So her childhood was not easy. It was tough. She came from a blended family. So imagine essentially a Brady Bunch without the laugh track. You know, Um, there were a lot of siblings of which she was one of the youngest ones. And so she didn't have the opportunity to receive a lot of new things, you know, toys, clothes, stuff like that. A, A gift on Christmas was an anomaly that didn't happen very often. And so I think as a, and she was also, you know, a younger parent. And so I think for her, one of her goals was just to provide me with a lot of the things that she didn't have for better or for worse. Um, I think it turned out okay. I think I turned out okay. But that was her focus was just making sure that we lived comfortably because quite honestly, my mom had it, she had it rough. Um, You know, she tells me a lot of times about her childhood and the stuff that she went through and she didn't have a lot of the securities that you would want for your own kids to have. And so I think that it was super important for her to provide us with that and for us not to not to worry about basic things like food and clothing mm-hmm. and having a roof over our heads. And so we never did. I mean, certainly there were struggles, but we never worried about those things. And so growing up, it was not that we were spoiled because we certainly weren't, but we we were very fortunate, you know, um, that said, in order to provide us with those those things, you know, my mom sometimes wasn't around a lot because she had to work two jobs to provide those things for us. She was a single parent. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, on one hand, she was trying to provide us with, you know, food, clothing, housing, toys, nice things. Consciously, those were her goals. That, those were the things that she wanted to give us. But then without knowing, she was teaching us, you know, to be hard workers because we saw her 
working two jobs all the time, not really around because she was trying to provide for us. And I think that instilled in both myself and my sister, I have an older sister, you know, just the, that mentality that we have to work harder than everyone else to, to get things, mm-hmm. to get somewhere. And so I think it's interesting because then, you know, you shift to what do I want to provide for my son? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm fortunate in that it was never really a concern of mine the way that my mom was maybe concerned, like, oh, I really have to put food on the table and a roof over his head. I'm not saying I don't care about the things I do, but she set me up so well that that was never truly a, a concern of mine. You know, like I, I built a good network. I built a good educational foundation. I got yeah. a degree from college. I always have or I've always had a job. And so I never really worried about those things. Granted, that may seem, sound somewhat naive because you never you know, know it can happen. But so that hasn't been my focus. It's kind of been like, all right, I have these things. So what else can I equip my child with to be successful. And so I look at it a couple ways, but I think most important for me is providing him with a basic foundation. And by that, I mean essential life skills, mm-hmm. not saying that my mom didn't provide me with those things, but she was so focused on the basic things that she didn't have time to provide me with a lot of other things that I in, in turn would learn, you know, in books, <laughs> for instance. Right. And so for, for my child, it's, it's about, providing him with those basic life life skills like some of those things that are important to me that I think should be important to him or should be instilled within him are things such as an appreciation for education I think that's super important for anyone and you unfortunately I feel like see that sometimes where kids don't really value education or they don't they don't see the value in it you have to kind of help them with that whether that be reading to them every night or making it fun for them or tying some some sort of reward to to good performance in school well, and sometimes it's just you have to be a cheerleader because they're doing stuff they have to do, right? So they're right. in school, whether it's studying for a standardized test or they're mm-hmm. doing something. Like sometimes I look at the math homework and I go, this is not how I would teach this. This nope. is not how I would, like, I, I'm not really sure I understand the means, but you can't say that to them. No, you have to, you have to just support them and help them in any way that you can. And so, you know, there's education, I think accountability. And again, this is, I think it's huge. You know, I think that you have to teach them to be accountable because so many times, and I've noticed this more because recently, you know, I, I coached his, uh, his flag football team and you just see not even just in the kids, but in, you know, adults these days that there's just a complete lack of commitment and accountability. Mm-hmm. So like if you start something, finish it, you know, I think that's important to teach him. So that's one of those essential life skills. I think teaching him respect, um, you know, th- those are the things that I think are, are the most important that I want to provide him with, or at least push him in the direction of, because I feel like if you don't do that as a parent, then I don't want to say you're a failure, but you're, it's going to be difficult for them, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the real world, those basic communication skills. Um, I think those are super important. And so on one hand, you know, I want to provide them with those essential life skills to be successful, to give them that foundation. But then on top of that, I think that it's also important to provide them with, to your point earlier, just supporting them. And when I say that, I'm thinking you want to help them cultivate you know, their interest and curiosities. I think as a parent, that's probably the most important thing you can do. As a, as a kid, I think that we all have, you know, interests and passions, whether it be comic books or sports or video games, video games, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not align with what your interest and your curiosities and your passions are. However, um, you should still support them. I think that as parents, especially, we have a tendency to try to kind of shoehorn our own interest into our children you know we we want them to be miniature versions of ourselves when in reality they may be very different 
than who we are or what we are, or what we stand for, you know, so, but to support them in their interests, to help them cultivate those interests. So, you know, if my son came to me and said that he really wanted to, well, I have a better example. He, so I'm, I'm a really big football fan. Mm-hmm. I grew up a really big football fan. I played as a kid. And so I tried to get him into football. And it's funny because he, he liked it, but he wasn't, I could tell again, cause I coached this team and I could tell he wasn't super into it. He was there, but I felt as if almost he was doing it more to appease me because he knew that I, I wanted him to be there. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that's a recipe for, you know, disaster because you don't want them to feel forced into anything. And so I asked him after the season was over, I was like, Hey bud, do you want to, you want to play football again? You want to try something else? And he looked at me pretty plainly and he said, I want to play baseball. And it's funny because I was never a big baseball fan. I played little league as a kid, but I just wasn't really into it. I was like, all right, let's, let's try baseball. And it's night and day how into it he is. He loves baseball. And as tough it is, as tough as it is for me, you know, like I, I haven't watched a baseball game since probably 2007, 2008. And I found myself watching baseball with him and, you know, going to the batting cages and going to the field. And again, I didn't even like baseball, but it's his interest. It's his passion. And I think it's important to support him in it, no matter what it is. So it's nice when you're seeing it through the lens of your kid and you can get into that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, And it's something, you know, it's not, it's still sports, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like it's something so esoteric that you would have to like, oh, I'm into coding. And so how are you going to like, without knowing or learning a language or something along those lines, a computer language, right? You know, how are you going to get into that with your kid? But, but even if it were coding and I know nothing about coding, I would, it sounds like you would do the research. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would take one of the online classes out there and try to learn it enough that, you know, you could have a conversation with him because I think that's, you know, that is essential and all Mm -hmm. that. So I like how it's, it's, you know, uh, less about, even education is more about the experiences. Mm-hmm. It's about a shared experience uh, that's important so that those ties are there and those ties are strong because, you know, you want to be there for him later on. Maybe he's going to ask you to, maybe he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a tough time for me when, you know, I realize that my kids don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. Great. What am what am I going to do? I'm just basically what yeah. I'm going to do is just live here at the station and just help <laughs> other people with their radio shows. And I think naturally that occurs. I think we can both recall a time where we reached a certain age where we thought we didn't need our parents anymore. You know, usually in those teenage years, I think what's well, I was in- like eight. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're an early <laughs> I don't need yeah. you. We, uh, I think what's important is that to your point, we have those shared experiences so that we build a bridge early on mm-hmm. and they may not, cross that bridge for 10 years, but eventually they're going to come back. I mean, I did it with my mom, you know, where again, when I was a teenager, I was like, I know everything. You don't know anything. And then especially when you become a parent yourself and you're like, wow, they knew, oh, they yeah. were, they were right all along. And oh, I can, yeah. I can relate to them so much more. I appreciate them so much more. So as long as you build that bridge early on, which I think is pivotal, especially, you know, at the age, you know, that, that my son is right now, I think that even if he does kind of drift, drift, you know, in his, Tokyo in his teenage, yeah, <laughs> hopefully not Tokyo drift. Um, even if he does drift a little bit that eventually he'll, he'll make his way back. All right. On that note, that was great. Thank you very much for mm-hmm. that insight. It's, it's nice too. I mean, one of the reasons we're talking about the reasons I do the radio show kind of on the side, mm-hmm. I just want to put this out there, uh, for any potential guests in the future. I like learning from people. I really like this idea that I can ask questions and I have smart people on and they can give me some insight that I didn't have before. So thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Uh, so we're going to play, I think this is appropriate considering we're just talking about kids, a song called Mean Monsoon. 
Thanks We're almost sure. done for the first hour. Sorry, did you want to say something? I didn't. No. Okay. Did that you was want fast, to say, though. Thanks for. Thanks I was going to say thanks, Nick, for having me. Yeah, but yeah. Then yeah. You cut me off. So. Okay. Well, because I don't like I don't take compliments well, and frankly, like thank yous is kind of the same thing. <laughs> so, and you may not thank me after this next segment because Joe, we're going to do a little pop culture current event quiz. Oh. See how you're doing out there. Pop quiz, hot shot. Let's do it. Can you name that movie? That's not part of the pop quiz. No, I can't. Uh, it's Speed. Speed? Yeah, pop quiz. Dennis shot. Hopper. Yeah. I have a friend whose dad looks just like Dennis Hopper. I like how you went to the villain first. I think that says a lot about you. I don't like Sandra Bullock. Okay, there's a whole nother actor in it. Are we talking about Keanu Reeves? No, I don't. Talk okay. About him. <laughs> All right, so ready? We've got a few minutes before the break, and then we'll come back with a little more music and another hour of conversation with me and Joe. We've got some bad business ideas coming up. We're going to talk music and college and some stuff going on from a righteous indignation standpoint from the industry that you work in. So it's a lot of stuff, but let's go with the pop culture current event quiz right now. This was an interesting one, and this is right up your alley. So internet marketing, marketing in general. A French rehab clinic just completed a social media campaign to encourage people to watch for signs of addiction in friends and loved ones. How was the campaign delivered? Uh, was it A, an Instagram account of a young lady, young, uh, good-looking lady who always had a drink in her hand or nearby, a Snapchat story featuring face swapping with the most interesting man in the world, or Periscope videos of people doing karaoke? Complete guess here, but I'm going to go with A. Yeah, that's a good guess. It was it was really interesting. So very pretty girl and very attractive setting. So she was, you know, this is French, so it was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the Riviera and in Paris and stuff like that. And they didn't announce what it was until the very end. And they did this wrap-up video, which was very compelling. And sort of all of a sudden you see all 150 or so images that garnered by themselves mm -hmm. just being out there, uh, about 50,000 likes. But then you watch a little time-lapse video of all the images go by, and there's always a drink. There's always a drink. She's always got a drink in her hand. And so what they were doing is I thought it was a very subtle, very interesting way to say, hey, just keep an eye out for this. Maybe right. you have a friend. Maybe they have some problems. And, you know, it wasn't an over-the-top, right, is your friend drunk? Is your mom? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> all right, moving on. Let's go back. Let's go to comic book movies. Okay. Deadpool director Tim Miller has officially left the production of the sequel. What was the reason? Was it A, the studio insisting that they add a fifth wall for Deadpool to break since it's a sequel? Uh, there was run-ins with Ryan Reynolds about the tone of the movie and the casting. Or was it C, a grassroots social media effort to get Zack Snyder to write and direct? Because let's face it, Zack Snyder's the man when it comes to superhero movies. He's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and rule out C automatically. and We're down to <laughs> A and B. Nice. I don't want to believe that Ryan Reynolds is, is difficult to work with, but that sounds to be the most feasible answer. I'd say B, probably. That yeah, so I don't know heads. if it was difficult, but, you know, both these guys were were very instrumental in getting this movie made, mm -hmm. right? Like, if it wasn't for Tim Miller uh, leaking some of the test footage back in 2014, it probably wouldn't have got made. If it wasn't for Ryan Reynolds always harping on this and doing all the extra stuff that he did, right. this is the highest-grossing R-rated movie of all time, $780 million worldwide. But, yeah, it was Tim Miller wanted to do something that was a little more from a stylistic standpoint, uh, wanted to set a different tone for the second movie. He also uh, wanted to cast uh, the big the big other uh, person that's going to be in the sequel is going to be Cable. 
And oh, so that's right. Yeah. He wanted to cast Kyle Chandler, the dad and the coach from Friday Night Lights. Ooh, that as was Cable. I don't know if I can see him as Cable, but... That's a stretch. I love Friday Night Lights. Yeah, no, the guy's a great actor. Yeah, he's he's in Bloodline, um, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a fantastic actor. I think it's a bit of a stretch. I think you need somebody more like the the bad guy from Avatar. Seems yeah. to me more... And he wants that, that role. I was going to go for The Rock, but... I would put The Rock in every role That's if true. I could. I mean, come on. He's got the people's eyebrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick internet bonus question. The big DDoS attack on Friday. Did you hear about this? I heard about it, yeah. Took down many important sites such as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. And while they were down, apparently they went back to printing papers. I'm just kidding. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> All right. What does DDoS stand for? So not many people exactly knew what happened. They knew there was some sort of attack and mm-hmm. Twitter was down. Uh, digital data operates sickly. Dastardly dudes opposing science or distributed denial of service. See? Yeah, very good. Uh, they're getting more complex, but basically what they do is they throw garbage stuff, requests and stuff mm-hmm. at the Internet service providers. Right. So the idea is if their Internet service provider has capacity for 10 million requests at a, every millisecond or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they throw 11 million. And they're getting more and more complex. It's, you know, uh, okay. Here's what I want to do, though. Who was it that did the attack? Okay, we're going to count to three, and we're going to say at the same time who we think it was. All right, ready? Because I think we're going to be on the same page. We're, we're almost always on the same page on everything. Okay. Because I feel like we're, we, you're just a younger version of me. Okay. All right, ready? So I'm going to say one, two, three, and then we're going to say who we think it is. One, Got it. two, three. Chip Kelly. John F. Kennedy. Oh, we were so close. We're very close. We were so close. Basically the same person, right? It really is. Uh, so it looks like, last question, looks like we lost the Orlando Preds last weekend. Uh, they played their final game and they put a, a letter up on their website that they Very were suspending sad. operations. Yeah. Now, what team yesterday played its final game at Camping World Stadium? Was it Orlando City Soccer? Was it the Orlando Solar Bears? Or was it the Orlando Rays? I know the right answer, but it would be pretty cool if the Solar Bears played. They should. World Stadium. I would love. So they do a <laughs> hockey game every year is the, the outdoor hockey game. I want to go to one of those. In colder climates. I don't think yeah, that yeah, would work yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Oh, we'll figure it out. Eventually. Come on. We got yeah, a lot was, of people here. <laughs> it was Orlando City Soccer. Yeah. They, despite a uh, overall disappointing season. They ended on a high note. They won yesterday. But what does it mean? They didn't make the playoffs once again. Okay, listen, it's not all about the playoffs. It is all about the playoffs and championships. That's exactly what sports is about. Okay, so maybe they just needed their own stadium, which they'll be moving into next year, which is the reason it was their last game at Camp World Stadium. So there's a a new stadium bump to... Yeah. Okay, overall performance. Smaller, more intimate. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's hard to, as a crowd, you have the upper bowl empty. Right. For that game, it feels like it's not necessarily full. Have you been to a game? I have. I've been to a few. I've only gone to a couple this year, but in last year, I went to to more games. All right, so let's switch. We're talking sports. Let's mm-hmm. switch to UCF. We're mm-hmm. both alums. Go Knights. Go Knights. Uh, and I feel terrible about all the Big 12 stuff. I feel like I want that conference to burn to the ground <laughs> for what they put not only the Knights through, but all these other places. Right. Um, and I get it. Like, the Knights have this obligation. UCF has this obligation to look to get into a Power Five conference. Mm-hmm. A number of different reasons. It's the prestige. It's the marketing that's implicit in being in that sort of conference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it is, it, to an extent, it is about money. Like, I get that, too. 
So the Power Five teams last year, guess how much money they made altogether? All the the Power Five conferences, I should say. Are you going to give me choices or am I? No, gonna no, just, no. Okay. Just, yeah, in the billions. Oof. Between one and ten. In all sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. A uh, hundred million. Uh, it was six billion dollars. Six billion. Okay, so oh, we're uh, you're right. We're talking TV contracts, dollars. bull. Uh, all the wings. other teams, all the other conferences total made two billion. Wow. So uh, it's just it's there's in, there's to, incentive to be in a you large have conference, to get right? into one of those conferences. Yeah. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's just talk about UConn and UCF this weekend. So UCF did win. Otherwise uh, known as the Sadness Bowl. It was, but here's the thing: the UConn coach, and I can't remember his name tried to brand this as a rivalry. They've played, yeah. this is the fourth time they've played. They made a trophy. Okay, so he called it, <laughs> he came up with a name for it, he called it the Civil Conflict, uh-huh. because you can capitalize FL and CT and conflict and get mm-hmm. Florida and Connecticut. Trendy marketing. Um, this is the fourth, and so they're tied up 2-2, because UCF won 24-16. Um, so the report was, a, a, a reporter covering UConn Sports was tweeting about this after the game. UCF left the trophy on the field. <laughs> There's some UConn staffers coming out. They didn't know what to do with it. They went over and put it on UCF's bench, and somebody eventually covered it up with a towel. So, Well, so only one side acknowledges that the trophy. Even, I, so. I don't know that UCF even acknowledged that they played this weekend. They were so, uh, you know, off-put by the Big 12 stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. It's pretty sad. UConn is not a, a football school. They're they're consistently mediocre at football. However, they did make a bowl game a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember this. They played Oklahoma in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Oh, two thousand ten. Oh, they got destroyed. But it was one of the last years of the BCS format. So yeah. they they got in and got them some prestige. But I mean, they're in a tough spot. They're a basketball school, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is you know kind of tying it back into what you're saying though with the power conferences. It's kind of sad because you know on one hand I feel bad for both schools. So I feel horrible for. UCF because they have they finally got into the Big East, which isn't the Big East anymore, and, right. and it was no longer the Big East anymore. It, it just, took them so worked, long yeah. to get there, and then they're not in it anymore. And then UConn, they have this powerhouse basketball program. They've won as many titles as you know as your Dukes and not North Carolina, but in terms of you know recency. So looking back mm-hmm. to the 2000 season, they're right up there. Um, but basketball doesn't make money. Football makes money. Football and so they're having money. difficulty getting into you know, yeah. one of these big conferences. Well, as someone who I work in admissions, uh, talking to students, especially at the high school level, mm-hmm. that's what they're thinking. They're, the, one of the first questions I get is, does Rollins have a football team? And when I say no, they kind of, it's harder for people to relate because that's so much a part of our identity, especially in Florida. All right, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with a song and bad business ideas here on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. The Low Anthem with Champion Angel from their album, Oh My God, Charlie Darwin. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. Uh, We're here for one more hour, uh, unfortunately, because it's a really good conversation so far. So I'm here every 7 to 9 on Mondays, 7 to 9 a.m. on Mondays. And I have a special guest every week. This week, Joe Taylor. Joe? That's a great song title. I know, right? Wait, the song title or yeah, the album title? Or album, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God, Charlie Oh, my God, Darwin. Charlie Darwin. It's good. You got to say it that way, too. You can uh, just say, oh, my God, Charlie Darwin. With enthusiasm. Yeah. With inflection. You kind of have to say it that way. <laughs> uh, Joe Taylor, old friend of mine in the internet marketing sphere here in Orlando, graduated UCF, 
Uh, also got your MBA from Benedictine. Not done with my MBA yet. Oh, you're still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I know. How long have you been working on that? Ten years? I had to take 15 a break. years? I'd take a break. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna allow that to pass. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So we're gonna do bad business ideas. Let's so do it. you're you're a businessman. Mm-hmm. What I like to do uh, is it's a version of Shark Tank. I don't like using that term because I feel like it's a little more collaborative. Mm-hmm. Now, as as part of being on the show, the contract, this the sort of it's not stated. I didn't make you you know sign anything, but the understood contract is that. You're going to take one of these ideas, whichever you think is stronger, and actually run with it. Okay. Uh, Funded so by you, obviously, right? No. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so this is an unwritten contract Okay. that says that this is all yours, with the exception that I own, and get all the profits from. 100% uh, of profits. No, 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 no. You're going to get some sort of payment out of it, I'm sure. I, we'll work that out later. All right, but so I'm going to, sh- I'm going to give you two ideas. And you're going to tell me which one you like better. Ask questions. Help me develop them. Again, successful businessman, Joe Taylor. And uh, we'll go from there. How's that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Joe, may I call you Joe? You may. Okay, great. The world is full of anger right now. A lot of it. Rather than try to solve the problem, though, because it's not profitable to try to solve anger, right? Let's capitalize on it. Not like in a news network sort of way, which obviously would be one way to do it, but something more practical. Do you remember spy movies and spy video games? Like, are we talking Naked Gun? Not a spy movie in any way, shape, or okay. form. Okay, it was wow. kind of a spy movie. It was not. It was a it was a farce about the police and procedural television shows it's and movies. Got kind of like a spy vibe from it. I'm not sure. You know what a spy is. James so this Bond might be okay. There you go. There okay. you go. Yeah, we brought it back. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Remember the cars and how they had special abilities, the cars and spy movies and buttons. And oh, things I, like for that. a second, I thought you were talking about the band, the cars. No, oh, okay. no, that was a that would be a wacky segue. Right. All right. So spy cars, mm-hmm. all the little features that they had. What if we were to start a company that would retrofit your car with spy car abilities? So oil slicks, smoke screens. You're angry all the time. There's a bunch of road rage out there. Why not take advantage of that? What else could we do? Can't do projectile weapons. Could we add in a banana peel? Absolutely. Okay. I think that's even, that's great. Uh, Or sort of a a Beverly Hills cop sort of thing, a banana gun that shoots into the other person's tailpipe and kills their car. It would have to have great aim to aim directly into their tailpipe. We'll figure that out. That's part of the R&D that you're going to be doing on this uh, company. I'd also like to note, I did some research. We can't do projectile weapons. We can't do like missiles and machine guns and stuff like that. So along with the banana, this kind of goes in line with what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Breakfast guns. So like overly syrupy pancakes (laughs) and like bananas Maybe some oatmeal or grits. I'm not sure whichever's cheaper, frankly. Why Why do oil slick when we can just do grits? I think they would serve the same purpose. Same, same purpose, right? Yeah. yeah, or just syrup. Syrup. I hate wasting syrup. As a Canadian, though, I hate wasting syrup. So, yeah. What do you think about something like that? And you know what? We kind of solved the road rage problem right mm-hmm. there. Because if everybody has this or you don't know who has it, mm-hmm. you're going to be nice on the road. Because who wants to get shot with a pancake or grits? I would have just one piece of feedback. There may be a liability issue in terms of if we were the company retrofitting these cars and say 
you're driving down the road and someone shoots you yep. with yep. oatmeal yep. and you yep. crash into a mailbox and cause some damage to someone's house, would we be liable for the damages? Then? All we're doing is installing it. Right. We're not using it. Okay. I can. Yeah. yeah. Oatmeal guns don't kill people. Oatmeal kills people. Good point. Yeah. So the name of the company, Carpe Dream, because it's your dream car. Got it? You with me so far? We're, yep. You seem less than enthusiastic, so let's go on to the second one. <laughs> All right, let's keep uh, motor vehicle, though, theme for now. Okay. First, a question. What is the big movement in home building right now? Big. We're talking solar panels? or It's ironic because it's so big. Oh, small homes. Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny homes. houses. Yeah. Nice. Ah, led you right into that one. Uh, there's still a long way to go there. Obviously, it's not as big as, say, in Tokyo, New York, where you really have no choice but to be in a tiny house of some right. kind. But it's it's go small, right? Where else can we expect downsizing, which is a bad term to use in this. But, you know, what are you going to do? Poor word choice. Yeah. So where else? What, what else can we downsize? Hmm. Something. There's another trend out there that I'm I'm thinking of. I mean, after seeing the latest iPhone, I think we could definitely downsize our phones a little bit. Right. Food trucks. Food trucks. So food, yeah. Food cars. They're huge right now. Food trucks are so big. Do you right. really need that much room to prepare food in a sanitary and hygienic manner? Probably. Yes. yes. Yeah. No. You're well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they're so big. Tiny food trucks. Tiny homes, tiny food trucks. So when you say tiny food trucks, how? T- take a hatchback. Okay. So like, a, okay. And we'll turn it into a tiny food truck. Maybe it folds out. It's still small but it folds out or something happens and you can prepare stuff in it. It's compact, man. Did you watch a lot of Pimp My Ride? I did not. I feel like it's right up my... These both sound like something right out of Pimp My Ride, if I'm being honest with you. All right. Well, I'm in for that if we can steal those ideas. So the name of this company would be Small Potatoes, (laughs) right? And then the tagline, you ready? Repacked Compacts. Ooh. Hold on. With impact. Quick, quick question. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. That you can't subtract. I'm not going to interject. And that. we won't have a breach of contract. <laughs> go for but it. We, <laughs> but we may be getting sidetracked. That's a long tagline. And we may have some trouble with the Occupational Safety and Health Act. Right. Yeah, but it rhymes. It does. It does. So I was really proud of that one. Any questions about small potatoes? I do. I'm going to read this, the, the tagline again. No, you're, we're, we're on the same page there. For small potatoes, are these cars going to be hybrids or are they going to run on gasoline? Oh, that's a good idea. They could totally be hybrids. We I could th- retrofit any type of vehicle. Right. I think if you go towards, if you work that angle... You're going to capture a certain segment of the audience that I think you want to capture. So I would say make them hybrids. Be as environmentally friendly as possible while providing delicious pancakes or hash browns or whatever it is that they make. Okay. Okay. Are we making the breakfast for the breakfast guns? I see some synergy. I I see. Okay. This might be one idea. They're very similar. Because if you're going to be. Why waste breakfast? Why projectile? So we might have some extra breakfast left over. Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is like each car, each tiny food truck, each Mm -hmm. small potato, really you can only make one thing in it. 
So you're not going to make like eggs and hash browns and pancakes. You're not going to have any room. Mm-hmm. You're going to have one deep fryer. And mm-hmm. so you're going to be the hash brown You're going to have a deep car. fryer in the car. Oh, yeah. Okay. Run by the electric motor because it's a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So we won't need those generators running and stinking up the place. Okay. Killing the environment as far as you know, because global warming, who knows if that's a thing. So just trying to picture this in my head right now. Is the person yeah. preparing the food and taking your money going to be seated in the car? Because you can't stand up in a food car. So that's a good point. We have a lot to work out. So what I would say is what you might want to do is take out the passenger seat altogether and have mm-hmm. a swivel chair. So they can literally swivel to the window. Hey, how's it, uh, hash browns? Okay. They swivel around to the deep fryer, mm-hmm. which is on the passenger side, which will always be running which might be dangerous while they're driving, but that's up to them. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Then they swivel around to the back where they have, I don't know, napkins or what are the things they have, and they swivel back, and there's your delicious hash brown. (laughs) So we need swivel chairs. Swivel chairs are a must. That lock into place while you're driving because you wouldn't want the chair to randomly start swiveling I love how you got all these safety things going on in your head (laughs) because I have none of those. Well, it's, you know. You are the perfect pick for this job. Between the swiveling chair and the possibly swaying grease as you're driving, do you ever see the documentary Hot Coffee? I have not. Are you familiar with the case, the McDonald's Hot hot Coffee case? It sounds like a delicious case. (laughs) <laughs> so she sued McDonald's for yeah, their coffee, the coffee being was too hot. Too hot. She spilled it. This just sounds like a lawsuit to me, if I'm being honest with you. Again, we just put the guns or deep fryers in. Right. What you do with it is up to you. Mm-hmm. So we can put some warnings and some things on it. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't point this at people. <laughs> Don't drive while deep frying. A lot of it is, I think, you know kind of out there already like it's common mm-hmm. sense but you know if we need to put it on there your ceo of this new company you know sort of this uh joe's garage okay and two of our products are you know the breakfast gun <laughs> and small potatoes if there is a complete waiver of liability i'm in i'm sure there is okay i'm in that it's in that america case, and this is true we just go out of business basically <laughs> How many can we install before we have to go out of business? We could probably turn a profit. Yeah, probably not, but, you know, I'm willing to give it a go. <laughs> okay, we're in. All right, very good. I like that. So small potatoes. Small potatoes. We may have to work on that tagline a little bit. Breakfast. It's a little bit long. Let me just let me just reread it real okay. quick. Repack compacts with impact that you can't subtract. We won't have, to breach, we won't have a breach of contract, but we may be getting sidetracked. And we may have some trouble with the Occupational Safety and Health Act. Can we have a catchy jingle like 411 Pain? Repack compacts with impact that you can't subtract. And we won't have a beach of contract. But we may be getting sidetracked. And we may have some trouble with the Occupational Safety and Health Act. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. We've got a winner. Joe, I we've, think, we've yeah. got a clear winner. All here. right, let's play a song. Uh, we're going to play <laughs> Hello Goodbye, which I think is appropriate after uh, that idea. And, oh, it is love. Joe, it is. There's love between me and your business idea. I'm taking okay. it. I'm taking it. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. You can't steal it. Nobody who's listening can steal it either. Winter Park, Florida. We just had some bad business ideas with Joe Taylor. Joe, good morning again. Small potatoes. Small potatoes. And Zach called in with a good idea. So we combined both of the ideas, the breakfast gun with the small potatoes, the tiny uh, food trucks, so compacts and hybrids that we turn into mini, mini food trucks. 
specialize on just one food, and you can actually shoot the breakfast out to other people. So even if it's a moving vehicle, so shoot from one vehicle to the other, you're on the go. Joe, you're on the go. You you are going and getting it and doing the thing every day that you do. It is a shame that doorstep delivery is already taken because I think that's a great name for it also. Oh, no, this is even better than doorstep delivery. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with doorstep delivery. Nothing wrong. They're a great thing. Mm-hmm. Service. Okay, so let's talk about music instead. Music. So almost accidentally just play Jimmy World, but that's one of the bands that I wanted to talk to you about. So music in general, I'm always fascinated by how people consume music, when they consume music, uh, even the idea of consuming music, because that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're taking it in, you're interpreting it at your own way digesting it to a certain extent, um, but then making it yours, right? Like mm-hmm. you are, depending on the time of your life or the time in your life, you listen to a particular song, it might mean so much more to you. You might hear it years later and it means less, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Or you may hear a live version of mm-hmm. it. That often happens for me, is you hear it interpreted a different way and it means that much more to you. When do you listen to music? What's the most common thing for you? And I was always curious uh, for people who listen to it at work. Do you listen to it while you're working? I do. I listen to music all the time. The worst days at work are the days in which I forget my headphones. Mm. I think everyone could probably relate to that. But, you know, I listen to music um, most of my day. But it's it's funny how that's changed over the years, whereas now I listen to music nonstop at work, but based upon the type of work that I'm doing that's going to kind of dictate what I listen to. And so for the most part, you know, I would make fun of people in the past, like when they tell me like, oh, in order to study, I would listen to classical music. Mm-hmm. Or I would listen to this where I'll be completely honest with you. When I'm at work and I'm really in the zone working on something, the Spotify classical or focus, you know, PlayStation is what's playing just because I can't concentrate quite as well if there's lyrics. Cause when I hear lyrics, it brings things up. You think about things. You're like really paying oh, attention to the words. The, yeah, yeah, or yeah. if you're writing an email, you may put a word in that you didn't mean to put in there. And so typically when I'm at work, I'm listening to music without any lyrics in it. Yep. Now, when you do listen to music with lyrics in it, uh, what I've noticed for, for me is I can listen to songs that I've already heard mm-hmm. before, usually a lot. Um, and I can be more productive that way because I don't, I'm not distracted by the, right. song, the, the words as much. So when do you listen for, or when do you listen to new music? Usually it's by chance that I'll come across new music. Um, I'm not a good music fan anymore, if, if that's a thing. Whereas I'm not actively searching out new music. Whereas I feel as if, you know, say five years ago, seven years ago, it was something that was a big hobby of mine. It was just finding, consuming new music. Right. Whereas now I feel like it's more difficult in order to, in order to, to find new. Let me rephrase that. It's not difficult to find new stuff. I just, I'm not actively searching for it, even though I want to find new music, but it's more by chance, meaning I'm again, listening to um, a streaming music service that has a, a discover playlist where they're playing artists that I haven't heard before based upon their complex algorithm that says, if you listen to this, you may like this, or if you listen to that, you may like this. And I'll be honest with you, I've come across some really good stuff that way, but I couldn't tell you the last time that I found a band or an album that I really loved from start to finish and i think that's a product of just the age that we live in with music where people don't listen to albums as much anymore they listen to playlists where they kind of nobody does jump around you have music add essentially where you can't pay attention to just one album you want to hear the good stuff occasionally you want to listen to the entire album and you know so you played a little bit of jimmy world earlier there's certain albums to your point where you heard them or you came across them at certain times in your life where they mean 
so much to you as a result of the, mm-hmm. those formative years that you, you came across them. And so you associate that music with that time in your life. And so you can listen to it. And I'll be honest, like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I hear a song that I haven't heard in a while and it was, you know, important to me at one point, it kind of makes me take a step back and kind of like, wow, like I haven't heard this in a while. And it reminds, it puts me back where I was then, yeah. you know, whether it be uh, mentally, <laughs> you know, where I was physically. And it's like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so you take a minute, you appreciate the moment. I try to, it's, it's better when it's not planned. You know, so I kind of, you know, harp on the whole randomization and playlist and stuff like that. But it's sometimes awesome when you're not expecting to hear a song and it comes on. And you're like, wow, I haven't heard this song in, in forever. Um, less than when you're like, oh, I really just got to listen to this song right now. You know, so what's interesting to me, and, and let me ask you this, because I remember growing up in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the time, there was still a lot of spring break action there in high school and I didn't really drink or party or do any of that stuff. But, you know, it was always sort of this idea that, well, maybe I, maybe I should. So I remember one uh, spring break, I tried to go out with a couple of friends of mine, a couple of really good friends of mine. And we were at the bar and I didn't really know what to do or understand it. I think I was 21 at this point. So Mm -hmm. it was after high school. And finally we decided to go. I was like, great. So we get in my car and we're driving and we decide to go see a late movie and it's uh, white men can't jump. (laughs) <laughs> Great movie. And I can't remember if it was the first time I saw it or the second time, but uh, it was still, you know, hilarious mm-hmm. and great and all of that. And we're driving down with the main drags International Speedway in Daytona. And we're in my truck and uh, U2 One comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the song One by U2, which is a very big hit for them and very slow and very sort of melancholy song. Mm-hmm. And we are just belting it at the top of our lungs in the car. And it's one of the most, uh, you know, it's one of the most formative moments in terms of memories and music. Sticks with you. But so here's the thing. Uh, one of the guys, they were cousins, both Greek guys. One of them has passed away. One of them I don't really talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. And so for me to listen to that song now would just be melancholy. And so I haven't, I, I, I haven't been actively avoiding it because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm listening to a bunch of different music. It might come up randomly on, you know, my, uh, my iTunes, but it's not one that I'll go seek out because I don't know that I want that memory back. Right. Do you ever come across that or do you ever like maybe just, hey, you know what? Today's a a really bad day. I just want to be melancholy for a second. Maybe I will listen to that song. 100%. Absolutely. I think it's easy to do that. My mind automatically goes to relationships. Yep. And so songs that may have been important in the past and relationships that you were in or you associate uh, with a certain time or a certain person and you this don't necessarily, yeah, you don't want to listen to it because then you're like, eh, even if you're over it, you're like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to that place. Yeah. Um, and it takes time. I remember, you know, songs that I really, really enjoyed and I would avoid them for a long time. And I think that eventually, though, you get to a place where you avoid it enough that when you hear it, it doesn't have that effect anymore. And I've, I found that recently with a lot of songs. It's like, oh, I remember that, but it doesn't really affect me anymore. So I can listen to it. I can appreciate it again. Right. So, no, absolutely. I can relate to you 100%. Um, you ever have a band that's ruined for you completely? Or not ruined, but you kind of have to avoid? Temporarily? Yeah. Yeah, temporarily. It's been a long time, to be honest with you. Um, not anymore. Again, I can, there's no bands that I, I can't listen to. But yeah, there is a period probably where there were a couple of year, uh, years where I was like, hey, I'm not going to listen to this album. Even if I love that album, I'm not going to listen yeah. to this album because it's going to put me back there again. And I'm past that point. Okay, on three, let's both say the last time that it happened and what the band was. 
So the last time that it happened, you just like, okay, I can't listen to this band for a while. I can't even recall. Dan. I just think one. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Something boys to corporate. Men. You know so what's close. funny is I almost said boys to men, but I would have been lying to you, and I didn't want to lie to you. But when you said but band, I was thinking boys to men. A go-to band for when you're trying to do something like right, that. Right, but yeah. when boys to men was really big, I wasn't dating yet, so it wasn't really a. Thanks for making me feel. That's okay. Than yeah. I am. <laughs> All right, so good, good on that one. Why don't we play another song? <laughs> uh, let uh, why don't we play a little Jimmy Eat World? And what I like about them, um, and I think they're, I tried to theme most of the songs today around their style, mm-hmm. right? So it was, uh, you know, it was funny in iTunes when I ripped it uh, way back in the day when I would try to apply the genre to it, it mm-hmm. put emo. And I'm like, they are so not emo. They're not emo. Yeah. So maybe Futures got a little bit dark at a, here and there. Polaris. Um, yeah, but <laughs> not emo. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty much a straight up rock band, uh, I think from Arizona. So right. very U.S. rock band sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but also lyrically a little more complex than I think the, the general rock band you would get. I think because the time that they, they really gained their popularity, emo was a very much a force in music yeah. they got clumped in with oh, a lot of, of those those other yeah. acts that were emo but this is one of my favorites so this is the middle on wprk winter park florida everything's going to be all right that's that's the message in that song and i don't get into politics much and i don't necessarily want to you know do a political show i'm canadian so i feel like there's a, a neutrality here <laughs> by the way my my name is nick you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. My special guest this week is uh, Joe Taylor. Hello. Hi. Hey, hey, thanks for coming back. Uh, so I don't want to get into politics, but uh, the idea of racial equality is on my mind, mm-hmm. uh, as, as it is for a lot of people. And so w- there was a couple of things that happened this week. So I read the story about Delta. Uh, somebody was on a plane. Her name is Tamika Summers, I think is her name. And so you can look this up. And Tamika see. Cross. I Tamika Cross. Sorry. Thank you. And uh, she was on a flight. She's a doctor. Mm -hmm. She was on a Delta flight. Somebody needed help on the flight. And she said, I'm a doctor. And basically the flight attendant told her, "Uh, sit down, honey. Mm -hmm. You know, we need a real doctor. Or I believe the words were, not now, sweetie. We need a real doctor. Yeah, something something along those lines. Not condescending at all. Um, You (laughs) know, and okay, so there's a lot of stuff to unpack from that. So it's sort of like that. You ever heard that joke about, uh, they're in the emergency room and the father and the son are in a car accident yep. and the father is dead. The son is rushed to the emergency room and the doctor says, oh my gosh, that's my son. And I'll be honest with you. When I was a kid, that stumped me. Yep. And obviously the answer is, oh, it's his mom. But you don't automatically go to that depending on your background and things of that nature. Well, that, yeah. I'm not making an excuse for this Delta person. Uh, I mean, use that term loosely in this case, but I guess I want to take a step back and talk Mm -hmm. about how easy it is to get so angry, so full of righteous indignation. And so the election this year has prepared us for that. Mm -hmm. The, everything that's going on has to be in black or white. And so in this case it is, um, literally in black or white. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm so tired of being angry all the time. I'm tired of wanting to burn places down. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard about a very popular restaurant on Mills, Mills 50 district. The owner was there. Uh, a couple of people walked in to get some lunch 
and he had a beard. He looks a little bit Arabic. I can't remember if he's actually Arabic. And the owner goes, I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to that place anymore Mm -hmm. because I heard this from a reliable source. I just, I don't have that much room for anger. I don't want to say in my heart because it sounds a little cliched, but I don't. Like I'm tired of being this angry all the time. What do I do, Joe? Well, so going back to the Delta, the Delta incident, I think that it would be extremely naive of us to believe that we lived in an age, a a post-racial, you know, age where implicit bias didn't exist. It exists. We're not aware of it most of the time, but it it certainly exists. And, you know, the same example you use about the doctor, it's a great example of where people will perform these mental gymnastics in their mind to find an answer without going to the the most easy one, which is, oh, the doctor was his mom. Because, like, we're just, we're so conditioned to to think this is what a doctor looks like. This is what a surgeon looks like. This is what someone looks like. And so, on one hand, to your point, I don't want to be angry about it because I think that we are all regardless of our race, uh, prone to, to having that bias. And so I try to come from a place of understanding, a place of empathy. And I think that it's an opportunity for education more than anything else. What I will say does frustrate me. I don't want to say anger. What frustrates me is the denial of its existence. When you have people who say, you know, you're whining, this there we're we're, we're, post, we're, we're post-racial why do we have to be so pc all the time why do we have to be so pc and you know there's a, the whole another movement behind that that we won't we won't delve into but i think that frustrates me more than anything else and i think it's so easy to get angry these days just because we live in an age where social media and you know the media in general it's all about clicks and so they're going to yep. push the things that attract the most eyes and so the things that attract the most eyes are sensitive topics such as these that we see all the time and so are they occurring more frequently these days or are we just more aware of them it it's probably the latter that we're just more aware of them and so it's tough to not become frustrated about it but then again i try to come from a place of understanding that you you want to see the best in people and say that it wasn't intentional and you know so with this delta employee for instance once she realized her error she tried to correct it she tried to offer free sky miles i believe to um, the woman who she defended, but the woman who was offended was like, no, I don't want your sky miles. I don't want a free drink ticket. Um, I'm going to, you know, go on social media and tell everyone because this isn't the first incident where something like this happened with Delta. Um, uh, with any airline. Yeah, no, there's it, been, happens it happens quite frequently, often. frequently, you yeah. know. Um, if you travel a lot, you'll you'll know that. Um, <laughs> myself, you know, I'm multiracial and I have a bit of a beard and I swear every time I go to the airport, I'm always pulled out of line for an extra security check and I mean, whatever, at this point, it's it is what it is. You accept it and you move on from it. And so going back to your point, though, I don't know how you can avoid being, you know, frustrated about it because you would you'd like to believe that we we live in a world where people will accept you regardless of what you look like and they won't judge you based on your parent alone. But I'll throw it back at you. Are we being naive and wanting that? Is that ever possible? It's probably well. So here's the thing, and I'll I'll use, and I use this pretty often as Star Trek The Next Generation as a way to make analogies for mm-hmm. what I'm thinking in my head. And so Data, before the movies, mm-hmm. Data, who's the android on the show, if you're not familiar with the show, mm-hmm. um, and he's a pretty interesting, you know, he got to be a very, very interesting character on the show um, after a few seasons. 
So the idea is, and he says this in a couple of different ways, but it's not about getting to a destination. So for him, it's about being human. He wants to be human as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But for him, it's not a matter of the destination. There's nothing that will say this has happened and he's got these characteristics and so he's human. Mm -hmm. It's about the journey. Right. Right. So it's about wanting to get better. Um, and it's about for, I think, uh, other people and people in a situation where you just get mad and you just want to never go there again. Like thinking about that place on Mills 50, I kind of want to go because mm-hmm. I'm Greek and I'm Canadian, all these things, but mm-hmm. I've got a beard. It's a pretty wiry beard. I've been mistaken for uh, uh, Arabic number of times and mm-hmm. in many insulting ways, as a matter of fact. And, you know, one thing I struggle with is do I just cop out and go, oh, no, no, no. See Thomas Howell, I'm Greek. Right. Yeah, not Arabic at all. Or do I go, look, you're, you're going to serve me mm-hmm. in here or, you know, we're going to have a problem. Well, that doesn't sound right either, but you know what I mean though? I, mm-hmm. you know, try to educate the people and try to tell them, you know, this, I'm just trying to get a meal. To your point though, some people don't want to be educated. Man. They're set in their ways and it goes back to the, you know, the nature versus nurture argument. And there've been countless studies done that show. I think I was reading one recently where, you know, 90% of Americans have some form of bias and they don't even know it. Right. They, but they're given these, you know, those tests where they look at a person and what they're carrying in their hand, you know, the test that I'm talking about. And yeah. Do you know what the, so when they started this whole implicit bias study, do you know what the test was? I was listening to a story about this the other day. So, uh, what they did was they said, okay, you sit in front of a computer screen Mm -hmm. and you're going to see words and pictures of people. And so when you see positive words and lighter skin, press this button. Mm -hmm. And when you see negative words and dark skin, press this button and you go through it the first time and people were doing fine with it. Okay. Now reverse it out. Lighter skin, negative words, darker skin, positive words. And even the person doing the study, she was talking about it. She was like, I froze. Like I consider myself, she was uh, Asian. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't, you know, she was a first generation American and even she just froze. She like literally couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what I would do in taking that test. I don't know what a lot of people would do. Um, So I think that's, that's a very interesting concept in terms of, uh, in terms of that. And you don't know what your bias is until Mm -hmm. you're really faced with something like that. It's beneath the surface. And again, it's years and years of conditioning that you can't really you can't avoid in some instances, but you have to at least make the effort to try to. But again, I, I believe that some people don't want to make that added effort. Some people are very content living in, in the world that they live in. And it's unfortunate and it's frustrating. Um, and then things like this happen. But is it ever going to go away completely? Well, let's leave it at that. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. We got one more break. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK Florida. Uh, Winter Park, Florida, and we're getting pretty deep here. So let's bring it, let's let's bring it back. Uh, Why don't we play some Lord Huron? This is the world ender. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Joe, I just want to wrap it up, uh, talk a little bit about your, I talked to almost every guest about their education background. So Mm -hmm. you double majored at UCF at PR. Correct. Which is very close to what I did, which is radio, television, basically the same cast of characters. Uh, Just... 40 years before you were there. <laughs> and you also are a double major. You did psychology as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're working on your MBA mm-hmm. currently. So why psych and add PR? Why those two together? Well, so it's funny. Um, with psychology, I went into it because I've always had an interest in 
the human condition and, you know, why we are the way we are, why we think the way we think. And initially I, I was going to double major in um, psychology and anthropology because I, th- I thought you had two ends of the spectrum. Why we oh, yeah. are the way that we are in anthropology is how we got here. Yeah. You know, um, but then I re- realized um, due to a couple factors that it would probably be wise if I wanted to become employed after graduation, um, that I should get something a little bit more concrete. And so I had a year remaining of my degree and I think I had 24 more credits. And it just so happens that ad PR fit very nicely um, into oh, that. Oh, right into that. And yeah. it, there were a lot of elements of advertising that um, allowed me to, you know, use things such as creativity and, you know, collaboration, um, things that I enjoyed doing in the psychology program, um, more or less. Um, and so I got into ad, ad PR kind of, I don't want to say at the 11th hour, but it was, it was pretty late on, you know, in, in my degree. And I was like, I'll pick this up and, you know, get another degree out of it. And so I picked up ad PR, love the program. I think they have a great faculty at mm-hmm. UCF's uh, School of Communication, Nicholson School of Communication. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's funny though, because, you know, I spent the majority of my college career in the psychology program and thinking I was going to go to grad school for, for psychology specifically. Um, but for the field that I wanted to go into, I would have probably had to get more into med school because I was more into neuropsychology and I didn't think that at the time it was a good idea as I was um, a young father also, and I didn't yeah. want to be in grad school and you trying know, to do all that. And exactly. It would, it would have been tough. And so I was like, you know, I need to do something a little bit more concrete. Um, so picked up advertising, loved it. Um, and it just so happens that that was kind of the, the path that I, that I took. Uh, I get to still, um, you know, read up and stay current on things going on in, in the psychology world, but obviously not doing that for a career right now, but there's certain elements to it. Um, in terms of like consumer psychology. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, so what we talk about too is that, you know, the bachelor's degree is basically an entry point for a career. In many cases, it doesn't have to be, right. you know, there's many ways to go in terms of finding a career and everything else. Has it helped you having the dual degree in terms of sort of differentiating yourself from other people in the workplace and, you know, for jobs and things mm-hmm. of that nature? I think so. I think the two tie together really well, again, because with psychology, you're, you're observing, um, why we are the way that we are. Why do we yeah. think the way that we think? You can kind of get into the the head of consumers, um, especially with consumer psychology. And, you know, one of my internships when I was in college was actually in consumer psychology for um, a hospitality and tourism industry uh, company. And so I thought that was great. And so it, it helped differentiate me because it, it allowed me to kind of use some of those learnings in consumer psychology when it came to um, my actual day job in, in advertising and marketing, you know, understanding um, or perhaps seeing things from a different perspective than those who strictly do marketing or strictly mm-hmm. do advertising would. And so I would say, absolutely, it's been helpful. So one last question, because uh, we do have to go. Ben is coming up with Music of the World. And so we're going to play a couple of quick uh, messages, and then he's going to be in here to play some music, uh, as I mentioned, of the world. <laughs> uh, so you went to a big school, UCF. Mm-hmm. And then you're now going to what is an online program for right. your MBA. Mm-hmm. How do you like the online program? It's different. Yeah. I would say that I am a learner who, who prefers in the classroom online a lot or it, it requires a lot more discipline. Um, you have to be a little bit more regimented. You have to manage your time well. And you're, you have to be a self-starter. You have to be able to hold yourself accountable and um, make yourself engage on discussion boards and reach out and collaborate. Whereas in the classroom, some of that stuff's kind of already provided to you. So I would say personally, yeah, yeah, I prefer in the classroom, but I can see that as a whole, I think education is moving more towards 
the online medium. Um, even in high school, you're seeing it now. Yeah. With a lot well, of stuff let online. me ask you about this. I mean, young father, or you have a young son, mm-hmm. uh, you have a full-time job, you're, you're, uh, engaged. Mm-hmm. And okay. so congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> you were waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so was online really the only viable solution for you? Uh, it, yeah, it makes things easier. Yeah. It makes things a lot easier. Um, it'd be a lot tougher to do an on-campus program. All right, uh, so we're going to get going here. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Into It, Over It with Where Your Night Often Ends, and then we're going to place a break, and we're going to have Ben here with uh, Music of the World. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor and a pleasure. That's very confusing, but the yep. pleasure is all mine. Okay, great. <laughs> and you're listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida.